We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Rigger. It's a pleasure to have you along. Let's talk some James Madison athletics and talk to the beat writer for JMU from the DNR, and that is Shane Metlin. Hi, Shane. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on, as always. And obviously a wild one on Saturday in Logan, Utah. You got to see it. But I guess just your impressions of what took place on Saturday. There's a lot that went into that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was fairly unbelievable how dominant JMU was to start that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thinking it was probably going to be a competitive game, and then it, it did end up being a competitive game. The uh, middle portion uh, really did not go JMU's way in any in any facet. And then once again, they they just make the plays in the last few minutes, which has kind of been what's happened over these past few weeks. Is you know they they've had some some down moments in the middle of games, but when it's come down to crunch time, JMU's the team that's made plays. Seems like there's been a part of every single game where the the offense has really struggled, like really struggled for three or four drives and just can't do anything. And then all of a sudden they need a drive. The defense will finally get a, a stop they need, and the offense finds its, its way. But it, it's pretty amazing that they're finding ways, especially on the road, finding ways to win these games just just a different different way almost every single week. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Kirsten Nettie's talked about this before that you know people make people make a big deal about going into halftime and making adjustments at halftime. But what really happens is both teams are making adjustments throughout the entire game, and you know, I think you know teams have made adjustments to JMU's early success um, and early game plan, and then you know JMU seems to kind of figure things out. You know, make some of those same adjustments fourth quarter after after seeing what the other team's done and you know you can go back to last year i mean it's it's probably getting tiresome to some people to keep con- keep comparing this team to last year's right. team but it's kind of you know what we have for comparison and you know you have a quarterback as good as Todd Santeo who maybe makes some plays even when things weren't going perfectly when things break down when um you know, the other team maybe had already made those adjustments. He still was good enough to kind of keep keep things going. You know, even during those those stretches. I think we haven't seen that out of McLeod yet. I'm not saying we won't get there because you know, as as they pointed out, you know, he's he hadn't played in a long time before this year. He wasn't getting as many reps as the number one guy going into the season. Uh, it may take some time for him to get to that point, but I think that's been a major difference. You know, just they kind of rode out the storms a little bit better last year. But as I was saying, you know, they're making plays on both sides of the ball during crunch time to to pull out these wins. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing just trying to find a way. What, what do you make of McLeod so far? Again, there's been some good. I mean, he threw for 364, whatever it was, four touchdowns, ran for a couple more. It does seem like he is getting better and, and maybe a little bit more comfortable. He had some struggles again in that second half on Saturday, but it, it does seem like he's getting more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, the start of the game from him was was, was everything you'd want from from a quarterback. Um, you know, doing it with on the ground, throwing. Like you said, he threw for a ton of yards. Wound up with three turnovers, um, which was not great. Um, you know, some of it was a little bit decision making. Some of it was you know just not great, great luck, um, bad situations to find himself in. But I, I think he is getting better. I think he is getting closer to. Um, you know, what they want and what they expect out of him. 
But you know, like we mentioned, he's just a little farther behind where JMU's starting quarterbacks have typically been to start the season, just as far as, you know, development and preparation and um, even just, you know, recent experience. It does say a lot about this team to be able to, to survive this stretch. I know we, we talked about it in, in the offseason, in the summer, at Sunbelt Media Days. And, you know, this was a, a, a daunting stretch of three consecutive road games with a Power 5 team, the defending Sunbelt champs, and a team in Utah State that's always good in the Mountain West and won the league a couple of seasons ago. For them to get through this stretch, and again, it, it continues this week with South Alabama, a team that beat Oklahoma State a couple of years ago and won 10 games last year. So it continues this week. But to be 4-0, I'm not sure many people outside those walls in that locker room um, thought they'd be 4-0 at this point. It, it is pretty remarkable that, that they're sitting at 4-0 right now. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think very many people thought they'd be 4-0, and then now now, now some people kind of want to complain about the way they've done it. Right, yeah. Uh, a little bit funny, but I mean, uh, you know, it's... It is. There's some definitely some concerns. The fact that they're giving up um, some leads in these games, you know, the, there are some things that they got to figure it out. They might not be able to continue to to survive that way. Right. But but I mean, like you said, n- very few people thought that they'd you know start four and zero with those three straight road games. Uh, you know, not just road games. Road games against you know what people thought might be the three toughest teams on their schedule right. potentially. <laughs> and you know. Um, we'll, we'll see how good Utah state ends up being, but, um, you know, they made the switch at quarterback and got a really good performance out of, you know, their true freshman and yeah, to be four and at this point, I think you gotta be really, really happy with it. Okay, we're talking with Shane Metlin from the DNR. He is the Jamie beat writer for that newspaper and for the website as well. DNRonline.com. You know, obviously Nick Kidwell, we'll find out more this week. I'm guessing looks like he might be done for the season. Um, I, the, the offensive line held up pretty well without him. Obviously, it happened on the first snap of the game, and they had over 500 yards of offense. Looks like Carter Miller is going to come in and play left guard. They'll move Tyler Stevens out to right tackle. But is there some concern there now with having to shuffle those guys up front? I mean, I think there's a little bit of concern. Obviously, you know, Nick Kidwell, um, you know, when Kurt was talking about missing the two linebackers, you know, Jalen Walker towards Jones saying that when they, when the staff gets together and rates every player on the roster, that those are two of their top 10 guys. I would imagine the Kidwell's also got to be up there. No if question. not in the top 10, yeah. pretty close. So, I mean, to play the entire game without those three, it hurts. I mean, the offensive line is a place where they had depth and had a lot of experience. Um, but I mean, part of the experience of the offensive line, part of the thing is, you know, you like to have those guys who have played a bunch of snaps together. Now you're, you're mixing it up a little bit with somebody who hasn't played alongside those guys as much. You're switching positions. Um, so it's tough. I mean, you, you also just kind of lose depth. I mean, they're deep, they're deep at linebacker. They're deep at offensive line, but you know, eventually somebody gets hurt. You're going to throw somebody out there. Who's just not as good. Eventually you would think, and, uh, um, you know, you don't want to see too many more injuries uh, either one of those spots. Okay, we're talking with Shane Metlin from the DNR. As the Dukes again we beat Utah State on Saturday, 45-38, get set for South Alabama coming up this week. And, you know, to, to switch sides of the football, I, I bet there is some concern with their pass defense right now. And, again, a lot of that is predicated just because they're building some leads. They had the big lead. South, or Utah State had to, had to sling it around a lot because of what was going on. And teams are kind of abandoning the run and throwing it a lot. But they're giving up 315 per game. That can't continue or else there could be some issues. 
Yeah, there's no surprising amount of missed assignments, it seems like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, particularly from the safeties, who are the veterans in the secondary, which is also kind of surprising. Um, they've got guys in the defensive backfield that have been making big plays, like some great hits. I think the young cornerbacks are playing playing pretty well. Um, and the veteran quarterback, Devin Coles, you know, has had some good games. That, you know, it's just, like you said, teams are going to throw it a lot. When you when you throw it fifty times in a game, you're probably going to complete a few and make make some big plays. But uh, you know, I, it may come down to a little bit too. Like you know, they played well early, um, and then you know, I don't know if, how much you know the altitude had to do with things uh, getting tougher in the second half and at Utah State. But you're you're also talking about you know playing the same five guys on the defensive line, basically the entire game, they get gassed and they go from putting a ton of pressure on the quarterback to maybe giving him a little bit more time. So some of those things might factor into it, but, but it's been, it's been surprising. It's something they really have to shore up. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, probably the most surprising thing is that it's been some of the veteran guys who um, have been making the biggest mistakes, it seems like. As you were watching the game and as you've watched these for these last few games, are you seeing the D-line get tired? Again, I they, they keep making stops at the end of these games. They've gotten stops the last three games to essentially win it, but it, it just seems like they're playing five, maybe six guys at a time. And normally they like to rotate guys and shuffle guys in and out, keep them healthy or keep them fresh. Well, these guys are playing a ton of snaps right now. I'm, I'm sure they can't wait for the bye week coming up after South Alabama. But does it does it seem like they're wore out up front? I mean, they have to be, right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I keep watch yeah, I know. They play well. They but, do. But they also, like, you know, they maybe, maybe the, the tiring is going from absolutely dominant to, like I said, the quarterback getting a little <laughs> bit of time right. to throw. You know, as opposed, you know, and when your secondary is struggling a little bit, that, you know, becomes even more glaring. But, you know, like you said, they're playing well and really everybody, you know, because they're not, they're, they're deep in some spots. But, you know, when you take out the two starting linebackers, there's a lot of guys who are playing mm-hmm. a lot of snaps on no the defensive question. side of the ball. And that, that might play a little bit into, you know, the second half struggles. But, but also they're 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 coming around and when they're buckling down when the game is on the line and it's the same guys who you would think would have been tired and early in the fourth quarter so I, I, it's hard to say exactly how big of a difference it's making. I think it's got to make some difference, though. Yeah, yeah, it just even calling the game is just like it doesn't seem like they're getting that tired. And I'm talking to them afterwards, and and they're just they, they like it, but uh, it's got to be wearing on them a little bit, I think, right now. So we'll see. I, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you see it even you know at UVA. UVA is a team that I don't think anybody thinks about being like super deep. With, with talent, but even there, like, you know, on third and long or third and short situations, they're going to put in a new defensive line, right? Like just to be fresh for like a specialty situation. And, um, you, you, you haven't been able to see that from JMU yet in their FBS transition. And that's about depth. And, and you can obviously Eisen, losing Isaac Ukwu has, has hurt, but, uh, again, they're getting it done right now and, and hopefully they can stay healthy. We're talking to Shane Metlin again from the daily news record. Um, what else, any other concerns that you have right now after that, despite being four and everybody wants to look at what's wrong with this team. I mean, they keep finding ways to win, but any other concerns that you have? Not, not really. I mean, there's definitely things that they're not doing perfectly, but, but I mean, 
you expect a team to get better as the season right. goes along, right? I mean, so I mean to get through these games, four and zero. You know, I mean, you can look at it one of two ways. They, they've escaped, and maybe they're lucky to be four and zero, and maybe their luck's going to catch up with them, or maybe you know they're winning games and they're not playing their best, and they're going to get better. Um, you know, so if that's the optimistic look at it for JMU, like given the coaching staff's track record of improving as seasons go along and getting the most out of their players, I, I would think that's probably the direction things are going to go. And, and that's the one thing that, that we keep bringing up on the air, too, is that, hey, they haven't played their best football yet. And again, the first half against Utah State was close to it, and at least the first quarter, first quarter and a half, was pretty close to it, and we saw what happened. But when they can put their best 60 minutes together I, I look what maybe what they can do so I think good teams do find we talk about this all the time in basketball good teams find ways to win when you don't play your best you're not making jump shots things like that and that's kind of the kind of what they're doing right now and that's I think that's been the most impressive thing to me they're they're finding ways these are pretty solid football teams I know Virginia's not great but it's still a, a, a power five football team Troy the defending champs Utah State's I, I think they're solid so just to be able to find ways to win without playing your best does say I think that does speak to the culture and, and what they've built with this program. Yeah, and I mean, even looking at Virginia, I, I you know, watching them play against NC State and kind of blowing right. it at the end. Right. And they, I mean, they might beat somebody decent this year. Like, there's, there's, there's enough talent, talent young there. quarterback. Yep. There's enough so, talent there. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's just, just to have won the first four games is, you know, probably, like we said, not what many people expected. And you, you got to kind of just take some time to enjoy that if you're a JMU fan, I think. No question. And now they get a huge challenge, South Alabama. I know they did lose this past week at home to Central Michigan, but they did go to Oklahoma State and beat what is normally a really good Power 5 team 33-7. to I don't care who you're playing. You're playing a Power 5 team, and they go on the road in Stillwater and win like that. Um, this is a really good football team coming to town, and, and they finished second in the, in the Sun Belt West a year ago. They won 10 games. They return almost their entire football team from last year. This is a good squad coming in. So obviously it's a sellout and all that, but this is a dangerous game in, in the Jaguars coming in, especially after a loss. Yeah, it's an interesting, you know, South Alabama team because, you know, they have similar to Troy, they've got a veteran quarterback and a really good running back. Jamie, right. you know, shut down the running game against Troy and made them throw the ball. And, you know, I think Carter Bradley is probably better even than Gunnar Watson uh, throwing the ball. So that'll be a challenge for, for JMU if the things go the same way. Um, we just haven't known quite what to expect from, from South Alabama so far this season. Like, like you said, you know, came into the, the season opener, thought they had a really good chance to, uh, to beat Tulane and, they didn't play well in that one. Um, didn't really play that great in their FCS win, and then looked like a top twenty-five team against <laughs> Oklahoma State, right. and then come back and you know lose in the last minute to uh, to Central Michigan, who might end up being pretty good. But you know you kind of expect to beat the MAC teams at home. I right. think if you're if you're South Alabama with the success they had last year, and bring back a lot of guys. So it's just hard to kind of know what we're going to get from South Alabama when they come to Harrisonburg. It's It's been up and down with them for sure. It has, no question. And again, this is a, a good football team, but I think they're a little banged up right now too, so we'll find out coming up at noon on Saturday. But should be fun. I, I bet it should be a great atmosphere on Saturday. It's already sold out with the student tickets, the, the regular tickets as well. Um, after this team was away for three weeks and what they've done getting victories should be a great atmosphere on Saturday. Yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, early start, um, 
noon, noon kickoff. Maybe that'll uh, help some people want to stick around for right. the rest of the afternoon. And um, if it's a competitive game and yeah, I would think it should be a pretty good atmosphere coming back four and and playing at home for the first time in, in a month. We're talking to Shane Mentlin again from the Daily News Record, and I want to ask about basketball real quick. The practices officially start this week, which is hard to believe since we're still in the thick of football season, but uh, what, what's the latest on JMU men's and women's basketball that you know? Um, I don't know a ton of new stuff. I mean, I guess you know the, the men's team, they got a commitment from a recruit from uh, from – Richmond, uh, mm-hmm. Red Thompson, really good point guard from John Marshall High School, and they're waiting to hear Thursday an announcement on their their other main recruiting target, Micah Smith from Atlanta, a six eight forward who really fits who really fits the kind of player uh, Mark Byington likes to recruit. Otherwise, I'm going to try to get out to some practice here in the next day or two yeah. and uh, and get a look at them, talk to some guys and and girls about you know the teams. Yeah, I think for the women's team, one big question mark that still kind of hangs over is uh, waiting to hear if Heaven Bristow, the Ohio State transfer, will get her waiver to play this year or she'll have to sit out a year because she's a two-time transfer. And that, that hasn't been going particularly well for for a lot of the people who wanted trans- who wanted the waivers in those situations. So Jamie's still waiting to find out on that one. And she's she's potentially the most talented player. She's probably going to be like the most athletic women's basketball player in the Sun Belt. And it would be it'd be definitely a difference maker if they'll have her or not this year. Yeah, that, that'll be big. So we'll find out what happens. And, again, uh, also this week, uh, Mr. Bourne will have his press conference coming up on Wednesday, so a lot of stuff going on right now around James Madison Athletics. All right, Shane, thank you very much as always. I appreciate it. We will catch up again soon. All right, thanks, Dave.